What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Got a Monday rundown for you. Actually, on a Monday today, Sean and I, it's officially over. We went over the final football game of the year, the Super Bowl, talked everything about it, talked it to death. After that, we broke down the rest of the NBA trade deadline trades that weren't talked about last week. And then we talked a little golf. Uh, We will be back next week with another Monday rundown. So enjoy the pod and we'll talk to you then. And welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. It is episode 231. We're here for a Monday rundown. Tom, it's a little bit of a sad day. First of all, happy Valentine's Day to anybody. And then also, it's a sad day because the NFL is done for five more months. Happy Valentine's Day to anybody. Not everybody, but anybody. Anybody. Ooh. Anybody that wants to celebrate it. People <laughs> don't. You looking for a Valentine? Is that what it is? You're like, anybody that'll take me. <laughs> Uh, no, that more as anybody who wants to, you know. So I honestly didn't even know it was that this day until like I was literally sending a workout to uh, to the secretary's lovely wife, and I was like, I think the CEO and I are recording a pod. She's like, Oh, Valentine's Day pod, how romantic! I was like, I literally have gone through the entire day not knowing that was today. So anyway, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm spending it with you. Um, but anyway, yes. man, uh, we'll get into the Super Bowl. Interesting game, not much of a flow to this game, but uh, the Rams are Super Bowl champions and the best team money could buy. Got it done. Got it done. The best player in the world, Aaron Donald, probably a top, what, five, top three defensive player of all time, finally gets his ring. Uh, Talks of him and Sean McVay retiring. Interesting. He's only been in the league eight years. Been all pro for seven of them, which is insane. Um what, what do you think about that, first of all, before we break down the game? you think either of them are retiring? I mean, I think these guys are crazy competitors. In my opinion, they'll be back to defend. I believe they're crazy competitors, but I also believe this era of today's players are looking to get out, unless your name's Tom Brady, but he plays quarterback, and you know, you're not allowed to touch the quarterback. Um, Aaron Donald plays all the time. Um, I think there's real merit to him possibly retiring. It's he came so close to getting the championship three years ago. He has it now. I mean, like you just said the number, seven out of eight seasons or first team all pro. And What more does this guy have to prove? He literally won the game for the Rams last night. Absolutely. Two plays alone, the last two plays in the game. I mean, not to mention the rest of the game that he had. He won the game right there. Um, I think he should have won MVP. Um, Taylor two has with this game, one sack. In the first half for the Los Angeles Rams defense. And then in the second half they had, I believe, six. So I said it was going to happen. Finally, the offensive line uh, actually, finally, Joe Burrow was not allowed to prop them up. No. It was... They were they were making a lot of good plays there. They were getting the ball out of Burrow's hands relatively early, and, and Mixon was showing that he could run the ball. There were some very questionable fourth down decisions and late third down decisions that Cincinnati was running. But Agreed. yeah, they were they were keeping him upright, which was giving them the chance to win. And I thought even into that fourth quarter, there 
with no Odell, I was like, all they have to do is just continue to bend and not break. But they, they not only broke, they, they fell completely apart. As did Burrow. I was like, oh, no, please don't be another knee injury. We already had Odell earlier. He came back in, but he didn't look the same. And, um, yeah, their Achilles heel, which is that offensive line, uh, it reared its ugly head, and, and the Rams' front four was just uh, – they were relentless in this game. Listen, I gave you your flowers for getting your McCarthy prediction right. Why don't you give me some flowers for getting my prediction right? Congratulations, Tom. Really proud of you. You're a scumbag, man. <laughs> Listen, it's it's not like you went out on a limb and picked the Rams. It's a, it's a good win. They nah, won the they game. didn't even cover – I was just right on my prediction of the offensive line, but that was a pretty obvious one. But that was what we talked about leading up to the game. That was everybody was saying. Like, it was the most obvious mismatch. Listen, I knew knew the Rams were going to win, and I said it to Michaela when um, Aaron Donald threw Burrow out of bounds with one hand, and then it got a little chippy. And I was like, he's he's a psychopath. The Rams are winning this game. I liked when he literally, when P. Ryan was about to get the first down, and he just stopped moving. He just, <laughs> he single-handedly, it was like that that scene in The Blind Side where he, um, the kid and uh, what's-his-face, what's the player's name, got into a really bad car accident, and he just completely stopped the kid from going through the windshield. It was like the same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, just just grabbed him. Yeah, it, it, was, it was exactly that. Michael Orr, that's his name. Nice, good, because I was not remembering that name. You threw a blindside uh, reference at me. I was like, wow, not expecting that. But I yeah. figured you'd love that movie. Your boy Saban's in it. Actually, hey, in the I, movie. I did like the movie. That's one of the few movies I've seen that you can reference. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, man, it was he was a force of nature, and, and I like that I like that reference in that game by you. It was certainly looked like the – not that the Bengals were having their way, but, you know, they looked like that underdog that was ready to t- – take down the top team and i feel like and and then it just had nothing to do with it i I, I feel like in in every super bowl there's that one play that you can name some of them much more memorable than others i mean you've got the the hicks catch and the obviously david tyree catch that you can remember in in your two super bowl w's and manning lifetime what was it the manningham catch or was it the knicks catch no it was manningham down the sideline I'm trying to think. There was another great catch, maybe not. Um, but with that, but you know that there's that one play where you can say, "Oh man, maybe maybe this team is just destined to win it," like those Giants teams, and the non-PI call that went for a mm-hmm. touchdown to either Boyd or Higgins. I can't remember who it was. One of the two. I think of it was them. Higgins. It was Higgins. Um, I was like, "Oh no!" Like th- them just blatantly missing that call, and it was it was egregious. Um, yeah, I mean, that. in the I moment like, you do shit, something man, was wrong. Oh, yeah, I mean, because you look at it, and first of all, it's Jalen Ramsey, and you're like, this guy doesn't get burnt. And then you see his head going the other way, and you're like, yeah, clearly something happened. Then you see the replay, and it was just brutal. Yeah, I mean, this isn't Eli Apple guarding the wide receiver here. This is Jalen Ramsey, like you said. And Every, him, Wow, you're, you're taking your shot at your former giant boy, Eli Apple. Everybody seems to be taking their their bite of the apple, if you will. Nice. Well done. That Thank was, you. Uh, that was set up for you there. 
Uh, well, it's easy to because he comes into the game talking shit like, "Oh, I know Odell. I'll guard him." In the two in the two catches, he had two catches and a touchdown for fifty six yards. Like, great job, Eli Apple. Keep yeah. talking. But, <laughs> and um, Odell was Odell was going for a hundred plus in that game. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he. I, I I have no doubt that. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. But just getting back to to that non call, like, is the refs? Part of me is very happy that you let them play. But that call has been being called all year. It gets called all the time. No, you got to make a, that call. It was, That's a, it was a 50-50 ball. It's a 50-50 ball. And for Jalen Ramsey to just be like put – like just could put down and turned around so that Higgins could make the catch, like that doesn't happen to a guy like that. Like that was blatant from even no, it watching was, it in it real time for us. It wasn't like they were fighting for the ball and you could have called pass interference on either of them or you could have called it on none of them. It, it was blatant, and that call has to be made in that situation. And it could have cost them the game, but then the Rams ratcheted up the defense and, and Stafford decided to make some plays. And, I mean, balls of steel on the, on the throw that turned into an interception before that, making the same throw to Cooper Cup, stuck it right on his hands. Um, and, and Cooper Cup just had the greatest wide receiver season ever. And Stafford, it kind of reminded me of that Paul Pierce when I don't remember if he was on the Wizards or the Nets when there's that audio of him, like, that's why they brought me here. Cause oh, yeah, when he blocked the shot against Toronto, yeah. Something yeah. like that. Uh, I thought it was a buzzer beater, but whatever. The The audio is important. It's like, that's why they brought him here, because Jared Goff ain't making that throw. No, that's another one. Look at you go, man. You're, you're pulling these references out of the time machine. It's great. Um, Thank you. I really, I, I agree with you. I, you know, we saw the good, the bad, and the ugly in Staff, of Stafford in this game. We really did see why there were questions about him coming in, but and also why he why wasn't we MVP. have asked questions and why he wasn't MVP. Because what's not talked about is obviously the interceptions, the one that, you know, he had the one that was bad. But he put Odell, he, he cost Odell an ACL. That throw was horrible. It yeah. was way behind him. And he had nothing but open space if you just put it on his chest or lead him a little bit. Say he threw it behind him where Odell had to adjust. And that's where his uh, his foot got caught and his knee gave out. So that was really consequential, obviously, because what I'm thinking is, is, oh, fuck, here we go. This is going to be like Jamison Williams all over again in the national championship game. Like this guy's going off and now you're he's out for the game. And the entire momentum shifted, which it did because, you know, they scored the touchdown early. It's Odell. They've got momentum. Everything's going. That just takes the wind out of the sails and Cincinnati can capitalize. And it took all the way to the fourth quarter for, for the Rams to really look like the Rams. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you know what? I, I got to give McVay credit. A lot of questionable calls. But I respect that he kept going to the run even though they were averaging 1.6 yards a carry. Because you got you to gotta keep the defense honest. You can't let them just pin their ears back. Because that's when Stafford gets himself into trouble. Yeah, and that Bengals defense was really good. They were creating a lot of pressure they were on great. Stafford. Yeah, and, and they were holding up their end of the bargain, too, in the secondary. I mean, like, it was a clean game up until that final draft. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you want to talk about Odell Beckham? Yeah, let's talk about Odell Beckham. Super-duper uh, bittersweet for him. Um, contractless after this year, going in with an ACL. Um, just recapping, I mean, he was obviously electric with the Giants, and... 
not great with the Bengals, but I got to say. Browns. Excuse me, the Browns. They played the Bengals, the other team in Ohio. Um, you know, after watching the, what did he play, six or seven regular season games and then the playoffs with the Rams, um, it was, none of that was his fault in Cincinnati. And I watched that video of him. Cleveland. Whatever, Cleveland. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I got Cincinnati on the brain, but with that being said, none of that was his fault in Cleveland. And I watched that no. video, and he was wide open the entire time in Cleveland, oh. and he didn't skip a beat in Los Angeles. I, I feel terrible for the guy because, I, I mean, one ACL is enough. I, I and and what other? I he, think he it's the Achilles? same knee. He had an Achilles as well, right? I I don't think he ever tore the Achilles. He had some lingering hamstring issues when he was with the Giants, but. I know I he had this, two major injuries before this one, though. I don't maybe remember I, what they were, but I mean, he's he's you know flying blind right now with no contract, and Rams will reward him. I I hope so because I think he's deserving of it, and if he doesn't, I mean, listen, I wouldn't mind if the Jets gave him a contract just because you know you could say oh disgruntled this disgruntled that, but like. I feel like at some point, and you saw this with a lot of NBA superstars, at some point they grow up, and I feel like Odell Beckham grew up and he was a model citizen in L.A. Maybe that's because they were winning and he was part of a winning yeah. franchise. I yeah, think that definitely it. has a lot to do with it. But you saw it with Randy Moss and and, and you saw it with Odell. I, I think he turned his career around, and it's just unfortunate that it, he went out that way. Well, a few things to unpack there. I mean – Randy Moss, obviously, we think of him turning into this model citizen with the Patriots. But once the Patriots started not being great, he kind of wore out his welcome there. And then they shipped him back to Minnesota, and he was done there. And, you know, Odell, the reason he's been playing great and the reason he's been a a good citizen is because he's playing where he wanted to play all along, which is Los Angeles. And he played on a team that was really good with a wide, with a quarterback that was able to get him the ball. I mean, he had Eli Manning at the end of his career, not good anymore, just throwing slants with an offensive line that couldn't protect a quarterback and not a lot of other offensive you know talent out helping him out. And then he goes to Cleveland, where you know how I feel about Baker Mayfield. I think he fucking sucks. I think a lot of people think he fucking sucks. And how you're not able to get a player of that talent the ball more frequently is truly an indictment on, on that player. And Odell, I don't think was going anywhere. I think he played for the super bowl. He got the super bowl. It was bittersweet for sure. You know, you asked me on the pod, like, am I rooting for him? I wasn't rooting for him heading into the game. I didn't really care if they won or lost. Once he got hurt, I was like, man, I hope the Rams fucking win because this sucks. This fucking sucks. Absolutely. It really does. It is bittersweet. But if you think the Rams are going to give him a contract and they're going to reward him, then I'm happy for him. He's a great player. And I think he'll come back from this, to be honest. I mean, he, he again, going back to the, the tape that I watched of him in Cleveland and him on the Rams, I mean, he didn't skip a beat on the last one. No, he's... He's still an unbelievable player. He might have lost a step or two since his giant days, but they don't need him to be that kind of player. When you have Cooper Cup, who just won the triple crown of wide receivers and also had the, won the MVP of the Super Bowl, like they're fine. You got Whitworth's contract coming off the books. You got some other money coming off the books. The salary cap you can figure out. He's hardly going to play next year, so you can maybe give him a nice incentive-laden contract. They'll take care of him. They know they don't win a Super Bowl without him. 
Anything else about the game before we go over a few other things? I mean, we got to talk about the holding call on the final drive there that I didn't see it. No. <laughs> and that, that allowed them to get the win. Yeah, I, I didn't see it either. Um, breaks of the game, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're making up for the egregious pass interference call. Well, you can at least say it evened out if you're rooting for the Rams. But, yeah, you know, I, I, it's it's horseshit because the game's not being called that way at all the, the entire time. And then all of a sudden, a phantom holding call comes out. And it's just, it sucked. Like, I literally screamed. I'm like, oh, no, from the refs all year this year, though. You did, you did, but in a time like that, you, you, if you're gonna, if you're gonna swallow the whistle uh, on the no call, you know, pi, let's let's swallow the whistle on something like that. Yep. Um, any thoughts on on the on the Cincinnati side? I thought Joe Burrow played his ass off. Um, he was having bullets flying at him left and right. That offensive line did not hold up. Uh, great job by the defense. Great job by the skill players. They, we know what they need to do in the off season, but I think we'll be seeing a lot of Joe Burrow. But again, I mean that they that AFC is a gauntlet. Well, you know, I I said it on our pod last time. This is a team that's ahead of schedule, right? Like they didn't build this team with the intention of thinking that they were going to be a Super Bowl caliber team this year. So obviously, there were a lot of deficiencies that you don't see from young teams that are in the Super Bowl. Usually those are teams like what the Chiefs have been, right? Or or some teams of that ilk. But they're going to improve this offensive line. They're going to spend every asset they have on offensive line. And you look at Jamar Chase, that catch he made down the sideline, dude. I mean, just unreal. They are they should be good for a long time, but I don't know how you feel. I hate having to look forward because I'm like, man, Rodgers only has one Super Bowl in one appearance. Like, we keep talking about that, right? Like, Mahomes, it looked like they were set up for a dynasty. They've been to two. They've won one. They might have had their best chance this year to get back. Uh, it's it's so fleeting in the NFL. Like you said, the AFC's a gauntlet. I don't, I'm not saying that with, the, with declaration that Burrow's going to just have another four or five more like this. You can't because we were saying the same thing about Mahomes, and you, you already alluded to that. What do you think about the Rams? What's the future of them? I, I is McVeigh is McVeigh there, and is is Donald there? I mean, if not, then they're going to go. I think they're going to go. I mean, listen, they can't even go into rebuild mode because they mortgage everything for this championship. Good job by them to go and get it, but. Um, I think they're going to be a powerhouse in that division, uh, especially given the fact that the quarterbacks in that division, aside from Stafford, they look like it's shaky. I mean, we're, we got a whole offseason to talk about it, but obviously San Francisco, 99% going to trade Jimmy G. Russell Wilson probably on the move, probably played his last game in Seattle. And then this new Kyler Murray thing. Yeah. I mean, the, the NFL is turning into your boys in the NBA, <laughs> quarterback-wise really, at least. Yeah, it really has. Well, then that's the position that matters the most. Um, you know, the Rams, I, I, I hope that this sets a precedent. And obviously it helps having an owner that's richer than God in a new stadium that allows him to be able to be that aggressive. But, you know, you always see these teams that are playing for tomorrow or go half in or – 
you know, capitalize on a really good situation by not going all in the next time, right? It's like, oh, we're good enough. We can get back there and we don't see it. I love this Ram story. The more that I think about it, I like, do too. I think there's way so too much admirable. value placed on late first round draft picks. It's just so admirable in the sports where all we talk about is tanking and setting up for next year and accumulating draft picks or stockpiling, you know, prospects, this, that, and the third. In a team that said, fuck this, we're good enough to win if we get our guys and come hell or high water, we're going to go for it and do it. I would have applauded them if they lost and went for it. But the fact that they got rewarded with a championship, I think is great. Absolutely. Um, Eric Weddle, what are your thoughts there? (laughs) (laughs) Good for him. Yeah. I think he tore his pec. I I think he officially retired again. I think he's retired for (laughs) real this time. But he was making tackles left and right throughout the playoffs. I know. Is it, do you think it's weird that in the NFL you can just come off the streets in week 17 or week 18 and be able to play in the playoffs? It, it is a little odd, but every team that's in the playoffs has the same opportunity. Like if the Buccaneers no, offer right. him a contract, you know, it's an open competition. So I, I do think it's odd. I agree with that. But, hey, any team could do it. Oh, no, I wasn't speaking from the standpoint of like, well, they cheated the system, just like, do you think the system should be in place? Because in baseball, you have to be traded before August 31st, or you can't play, or be signed by August 31st, or you can't play on the uh, playoff roster. And in the NBA, if you don't reach an agreement with a buyout, you know, before the buyout uh, market ends, which I think is March 1st, then you're not eligible to play in the playoffs either. No, I, I like. I think in the NFL, just because of. You know, the injury concerns and and how often players get hurt. I think it should be the way it is, and I like the way it is. Cool. Yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. I think I agree with you uh, for the reasons that you just pointed out. I mean, how cool would it be if, like, you said Randy Moss, was who still looks like he could do it today, was just like, yeah, I'm going to suit up. (laughs) Hey, T.O. still thinks he can. He wants a contract. Yeah, I know. Well, that's another story. Thoughts um, on the although show? he ran, he ran a forty recently, and it was still pretty good. Dude, he's a fucking freak of nature. Like, I wouldn't want to sign him, but I would also want to see a team sign him. That's not mine, just for the shit of it. But yeah. what do you think of the halftime show? Halftime show was awesome. I Thank mean, you. because you have to go in with expectations that, like, this isn't a full-on concert. You know, everybody's no. going to do two songs and keep it moving. Uh, did I really need Mary J. Blige out there? No. But the rest of them I thought were great. Um, and I thought her first song was really good. Her second song, Nobody Really Knows. Michaela pointed that out. But I, I thought she was actually pretty good. Um, I thought, uh, listen, shout out to Will. Thank you so much for coming on. I feel bad for him. His prop bet didn't hit. Snoop was wearing white shoes and yellow laces, so his pink shoes... <laughs> <laughs> didn't hit but shit he went for it um he's like the rams he went for it eminem was throwing gas out there kendrick as well if it was just oh, them yeah. two i would have been happy um you know you got to go into halftime expecting especially when they do this which they seem to have figured out the halftime show where it's just like all right don't don't put just you know, whoever out there, the one artist out there for the entire show, let's stack it. Let's get some, let's get, you know, let's make this a true social media moment, which is what you're going for. And that's what they did. It's a performance. 
it's not a concert performance, right? Yep. Like, yep. this is something you want to just be able to say, well, that was fucking great for 15 minutes. And it was. I mean, oh, I thought everything yeah. lined up was perfect. I mean, Dre sounded great. Yep. Um, and Eminem, I mean, it didn't lose yourself, which everybody knew that was going to be his song that he did. Dude, he was fucking, like, on it for that. I wasn't sure how, like, into it he is because I don't know when he's performed last, but that was fucking fire. And, um, yeah, to end with still Dre, I mean, it was, I liked how they didn't really censor it either. Like, there were still lines in the songs, like, talking, like, shit about the police or, like, still don't like the police and all that. Eminem took the knee. And it's like, well, what are you going to do? Bum rush the stage? Like, this is their moment. <laughs> you signed You signed up for this. Like, you know, there's no current Goodell could put down. And nobody fucking cared. Like, I didn't even think Eminem was making a statement till like, he was down on the knee for, like, five seconds. I'm like, oh, okay. I, I get what he's doing here. And that's fine. I What'd don't you think, think it of 50? What's that? What did you think of 50 Cent? Oh, jeez. I mean... Dude, the tweets were coming in left and right. I think my favorite was, looks like 50 ate the candy shop or something, or spending too much time in the candy shop. 50 can get himself into shape anytime. I don't know if you saw him in that movie where he was like a cancer patient or something and he dropped down to like fucking 110 pounds. I'm not worried about that. 50's living that good life right now. I don't think he's bankrupt anymore, so let him eat, you know? Yeah, hey, I had no problem with it. It was just a funny moment. These guys like, are old, man. All these guys are I, old. Oh yeah, but too like I didn't expect he was gonna be he was gonna be there. So for him to do that little bit, like that was great. Yeah, the only thing I really wanted, and I said it there, as a hip hop head from earlier, I really wish the game was out there because he's from L.A. and him and Fifty yeah. Cent had some beef. And if they did, you know, hate it or love it, because I mean, let's squash the old beef. Uh, that would that would have. That would have been a life-changing experience for me. I might have cried, but it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. Real quick, before we go over commercials, um, did you think that Cooper Cup should have got MVP or Aaron Donald? Um, those were pretty much my only two. It was Aaron Donald for the whole game, but it was – I mean, they don't win that game if Cooper Cup doesn't go apeshit, especially no, at, at the end. Just... And, and I'm not saying that Donald wouldn't, but, like, dude – they, the entire Bengals defense knew that Stafford was only going to throw to Cooper Cup and they couldn't stop. Yeah, I know. It's just for me, and, and the reason why I'm leaning Donald is because, like, for a defensive player, especially an interior defensive lineman, to just completely take over a game like that is just, yeah. like, you don't see that. Yeah, you're seeing Von Miller from 2015, or you're seeing, you know, Ray Lewis from 2000, like, it's rarefied air. Um, and I know there's been other defensive players that won it. Uh, you know, who was the guy for uh, for Seattle uh, in the Legion of Boom? The, the Bobby linebacker Wagner. there. Um, and then you had um, you had the corner for Tampa that had like two pick sixes against the Raiders in 2002. But generally speaking, it's the quarterback or it's a wide receiver. And it, I was fine with it either way. You it. could make a great you could make a great case for either one. Absolutely. All right. Um, my bets before we go over commercials again, a lot of them were tied in, as I said, with you and Will. Um, a lot of them were tied into Odell Beckham. So I feel like I was kind of robbed there because I think a lot of those bets would have cashed. I yeah. did end up getting – I didn't hit minus four, of course. They won by three. I did get the one through three, and I made all my money back on the waste management. So I was okay. Good for you. We'll talk some waste management at the end of this pot. But, yeah, um, 
I, I definitely think you and millions of others got hosed with Odell because he was on the track for just. I mean, he he, he was probably going to be the MVP. Fifty-two yards in like ten minutes. Going. Yeah, and two catches and touchdown. Uh, t- that yeah. touchdown he caught too was vintage Odell. Like he just went up and snatched it from the defender. He didn't even allow that ball to like come to him. Well, not only did he go up and snatch it, the defender did exactly what he should do, and he broke Odell's arms in half, and Odell still came down with the ball with one hand. Yeah, he's he's amazing. Um, commercials, what were your favorites? Do you have a singular favorite? I which think was you your know. Overall I think you know which one my singular favorite was. I think you could guess it. Obviously, LD. LD. Oh, of course. I watched that. You know, I don't know if you followed on Instagram. I know you're not on Instagram that often. Curb clips. And they had it put up there right after. I should probably DM you that that Instagram if you don't have it yet. Just I a, saw it on uh, – I followed Curb on, uh, on Twitter and they posted it too, so uh, it was good. Hilarious. That that one took the cake for me. There was a He's few other best. good ones. But, you know, I, and it's like it's you don't expect it. It's like Larry David doing a crypto thing, but it was just so well done. Just just the best. No, it was awesome. Uh, I like the Pringles one too. The guy had the – his hand stuck in the can the whole time. Like that was, that was pretty solid. Yeah, Doritos um, yeah, always that, does a good job. They had some Hall of Famers in there. Yep. A but lot dude, of crypto, a, man. A lot of crypto. Dude, it was crypt. It was crypto and electric cars. Yep. Like yep. that was seventy percent of the commercials. So if anybody's thinking where you should invest your money, I'm guessing I don't know which crypto fucking outlet to invest my money in. So I'm going to stay away from that. But I've been sinking a lot into Ford. And I'm going to start looking at GM because I think uh, I think that's the future, man. Oh, it is the future. It's especially, I mean, they're using this platform. I mean, they're spending however much money on these commercials. To show, cars to cheap yet. It's going to take another 10 yeah. to 15 years for them to be, you know, rolled out. I know, I know GM said it was going to be all electric within the next, like, five years. I, I find that to be unrealistic because... Also, charging stations, too, that's a problem. You don't have enough. Well, that, and not to mention, like, I looked up the prices for these trucks that they're rolling out, and they're, like, a hundred grand. It's like... Yeah. You know, who, who, who in their right mind could, could afford that? You know, if you're working... As a carpenter, like, are you spending a hundred thousand dollars on an electric truck, or are you just going to go back to your Dodge Cummings diesel? You know, there might be some great carpenters that want to be a little bit more uh, cognizant and, uh, you know, get rid of the. Sean, I think footprint. I think when you're just trying to put food on the table and pay the bills, you'll worry about your carbon footprint later. Maybe they'll recycle a few more of their materials. You don't like my sarcasm, there, huh? That's a shame. <laughs> I got just, it. No, I got just it. Just the worst. Um. But yeah, it was not I to mention overall, with those battery-powered cars, bro. Like, I mean, uh, if a Tesla battery goes, it's costing you the price of a of a nice Subaru to get it fixed, like thirty grand. And as a proud Subaru owner, I recognize that, and it's very disheartening to know that a battery for a Tesla costs the amount that my car. Costs. I love your car. Um, oh, it's a good one. Um, still holding up. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely like that is the that is the direction we're going. It's Coinbase platforms. In crypto, fuck and Coinbase, by the way, and, and it's and it's. And I told you how my Coinbase got go. hacked. You might have said it off the pod. Yeah, it got hacked. It's from, they yeah, pulled all the money out of my PayPal. This. Yeah, that's bad. Put it all into Bitcoin. Yeah, it is what it is. I got the money back, thank God. Well, that's the most important. Thing. All my Bitcoin's um, gone though, but I'm back in. I'm back in on a different app. Listen, it's 
it's survive in advance. You survive, now let's advance. Um, Yes, sir. Moving on to the NBA, Tom, because the Super Bowl was good. We've got no NFL to talk until free agency in another month. Are you sad? Obviously the draft. Of course I'm sad. I mean, Dude, it's it's a every weekend is something to look forward to with with the NFL on Sundays. It's a great excuse to not have to make plans to do other things, and it's just a great way to spend the day. And it's the only sport really. I know we talk a lot at NBA and baseball, but it's the only one where really, if my team's completely out of it, I stay a hundred percent invested in. Not this year. Not this year. No, man, you told me you weren't watching games this year, which I understand. No, I'm saying no. I'm saying no, no. I meant, I, I think you misunderstood. Stay invested in the sport. Oh, 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 yes, totally. Like if the Giants suck, I'm not abandoning the NFL and casually watching. Like sometimes no, but it's if the Yankees better do. if they suck. So yeah, if the Yankees are out, I'm not watching. I hardly watch any of the playoffs outside of like I'll watch game recaps or if there's nothing else on it. And the NBA, like. If there's great matchups, I'm obviously staying in. But you know, you can follow the NBA and know a lot about the NBA without having to be a thousand percent plugged in. Football, I feel like you ha- you can't just like you know get get cliff notes. You have to watch these games and pay attention to these games, and I like that. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the NBA, and we'll go over the rest of the trades because. We already talked about the big trade, which felt like it needed to be talked about between Harden and Simmons and the rest of the guys going over to Brooklyn. Nets got the win tonight with those guys. Broke the 11-game losing streak. And um, Simmons is at practice already. Yep, Simmons is at practice. Curry put up 23. Drummond had 10 and 9. So Hey, you'll take start. it. Absolutely. You have to. It's been three weeks since they won. Yeah. <laughs> All right. First trade. Uh, I think I think we're going in order of significance here um, with with the way you put the notes. So that that, that is much appreciated. Um, you know I got you. Pelicans and Blazers made a trade. The Blazers sent C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., and Tony Snell to um, the Pelicans, and the Pelicans sent back to the to. The Trailblazers, excuse me. I'm, I'm saying this in a very confusing way. Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Sadoransky protected 2022 first round and two second round picks. How do you feel about this trade? I, I like it from a Pelican's perspective. They didn't have to give up that much outside of Hart. And Alexander-Walker is a nice young player, but definitely willing to move off him to get what they got. Yeah, you texted me this trade. I was I was in the middle of a workout and I didn't see and I saw your your text and you're like, "Well, I don't have to worry about the Knicks." Or it was, I think you said like, "Well, Hart's better than anything the Knicks would have given up," which, mm-hmm. which is true. If, if RJ is not on the table and you're not offloading Randall's contract, this was the best asset for them to get. And yeah, I thought this was a good trade for the Pelicans. I, I they definitely need another lead playmaker. I think he had 36 the other night. He's healthy again. Larry Nance Jr. just got surgery. He's out six weeks, but that's a really nice piece for them as they try to figure out what this team's going to be. As for Portland, they got some assets. We'll talk about uh, Alexander Walker later getting shipped back out of Portland, but they needed a guy to facilitate a trade, and that team is really just positioning itself for draft and to basically do whatever it takes to make Dame happy. Yeah, um, I don't really think this is making Dame happy of basically a full-on rebuild in his um in his twilight years but okay well if they went up, if they went up to him and said listen 
there are certain guys that I know you want to play with and that you want us to trade for. We're not getting those guys now. And we're we're losing this season. You don't have to worry about coming back this year and trying to trying to, you know, come back from this core injury that he has. Let's blow this up. Which they didn't totally do actually, because Nurkic stayed. But, you know, they traded basically everybody else with value and and we'll start fresh, you know, this offseason. Yeah, we'll see. I think Nurkic is on the move and I don't think there was a good enough deal for them. Uh, what think do you he's... think of this from the Pelican side? I love this deal. I mean, getting Nance Jr. in it, sneaking him in there as well. Snell, I mean, decent 3 and D guy. We'll see if he's still on the team next year. Um, I, I like it with Lance with uh, Larry Nance Jr. added. Um, and McCollum, listen, he's a bucket getter, and, and he's a perimeter guy, and he can bring up the ball, and he's pretty much everything that they needed. Totally agree with you, and and – you know, I and don't this know what is the... another team that is not going to be able to get primetime free agents to put around Zion and and um, Brandon Ingram. So this is how you get them. Yeah, I don't know what iteration of this team it's going to be when Zion finally comes back. But, you know, to get a CJ McCollum in there shows to at least say that we're trying to win and and, and build a contending team knowing that free agents aren't coming. So I thought it was a good trade for both teams. The, the experiment of CJ and Dame is finally over, and we can put that hypothetical of the last two years really to bed. Um, the next trade was a huge one between the Kings and Pacers. I think this was a six-player deal. Sabonis, Holiday, Aaron Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, and a 2023 second-round pick go to the Kings, the Sabonis and Turner experiment. So we saw a couple duos, you know, finally – teams recognized that those weren't working and and they moved on so i i definitely like the fact that the kings i like the fact that the kings wanted to upgrade and acknowledge what point guard they wanted i can't believe it was fox over halliburton though <laughs> yeah i think fox honestly gets this deal done so i cannot believe that they threw in halliburton who i think is i mean you saw how he was talking about sacramento of all places and how he gave it his heart and soul and everything just I mean, finally, Buddy Heald's on the move. It feels like that's been talked about for five years, but just a classic Kings move to give up by far their best player and one of the best young players in basketball and just honestly unforgivable because I, I like Sabonis, but I don't think he moves the needle for me that much. No, he doesn't. And, and my question to you is, was the rest of the league just unaware that Halliburton was available? Because... There's no way this was the best offer they could have gotten from teams if they publicly think, made Halliburton available. I think, yeah, I, I do think the rest of the league was unaware because I think it came as a shock. And it might have been one of those things where, you know, the whoever was in the front Pacers front office was smart enough to just say, no, it's, um, what's his face? Um, um, what's the point guard's name? Now he's, now he's leaving me. The lefty. Fox, 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 yeah. Darren yeah. Fox isn't enough. Uh, we need Halliburton, and and I'm sure they were just as shocked when when Sacramento said yes. Is Vladdy Divac still running this team? I mean, come on. No, they're 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 a disgrace. I know they're, they're, they're a joke. The the worst part about this is is you can say okay, you finally got rid of Heel. That's a trade that's been you know in the works for what seems like two or three years. But you keep Harrison Barnes. You keep Mo Harkless. And you get rid of Halliburton, who, like you said, like that was going to be his franchise. I love the Aaron Fox, 
But I, I don't love him to the point of what Halliburton could be. This is only Halliburton's second year, and he's like one of the league leaders. At, at, like when he's in the game, his plus minus is ridiculous for that. Great team. defender, great passer, great shooter. I mean, he's going to be a multi-time All Star, and 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 in Indiana, they could possibly turn him into, you know, a top fifteen player. Oh, totally. I mean, let's see what they do with Brogdon going forward. But they could build this roster the way they want to. Carlisle's in control of I that. I think Turner's there to stay now. I mean, between him and Halliburton, and they and the he might even turn into a better player now that Sabonis isn't just basically in the way being a better version of him on the offensive side. That's a good point. And he's dealing with his foot injury. I know he's supposed to come back soon. But now you can say, hey, don't rush. And we're, we're going to make you our starting center. There's no reason to trade you. Your future's here in Indiana. Terrible so, trade for the Kings. I, I really do like Sabonis, but I give that trade an F. I just never understand what this team's doing. Because I think Fox and or Mitchell would have gotten that deal done. Yeah, and I can understand them not wanting to trade David Mitchell. He's been I, awesome. Yeah, okay, sure. But uh, who ha- has, has Halliburton not been awesome? Well, you obviously didn't listen to what I said before. <laughs> like, it's not between the two of them. To I, me, it was Fox it was, that should have been moved. If it was between the two of them, I'm still going Halliburton. I don't think that Mitchell was coming up in any trade talks. I think that what I would have to assume happened was Indiana called about this framework or a trade and, asked for Fo- and, and was going to ask for Fox and just for shits and giggles asked for Halliburton. And they're like, Oh man, we really want some bonus. Yeah, let's do it, morons. Unbelievable. Uh, they got rid of Bagley, which I guess you probably have lower on the list. Um, moving on to the next trade, the Jazz get themselves Nikhil Alexander Walker and Juancho Hernandez. I don't know where his Hernan. brother is. Willie Hernan. What's his name? This is Hernan Gomez. Hernan Gomez. There's like where's, three. Or, there's like Willie? three of them. Maybe he's still I have no Orleans. idea. I don't know. Former Nick. Former Nick Great. Um, for Joe that. Ingles and Elijah Hughes. Shout out to Elijah Hughes. He went to my high school. Um, and the Did Spurs got themselves Thomas Sadoransky and a 2023 second round pick. For the Jazz, I like Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I think he could be a nice second unit player. Um, decent defensively. This trade doesn't really move the needle for me. I think the Jazz are going nowhere fast, and I believe I texted it to you. I think Beal, Mitchell, and um, Dame are on Nick's watch. You did text me that, and I think you're 100% right. Um, As you know, the Jazz are just this perpetual, I don't care how good you are in the regular season team, and now there's reported really, really bad chemistry between. Uh, between Mitchell and Gobert again, and that that needs to go. That that's going to get split up. And as soon as Mitchell formally requests a trade, you know that entire franchise is going to go through a rebuild. They get rid of Joe Ingles' contract. Portland absorbs that. It's almost like and, they're uh, anticipating. They let him rehab. I think so, man. I mean, there there's teams. When you look at the West, it's the opposite of the East. The East is open. You can make a case for just about any team in the West. 
it, it's clearly the Suns and Warriors, really. I don't know if there's another team out there that you could realistically say, yeah, that's a team that's going to win three rounds of best of sevens and get into the playoffs. And the writing's on the wall with a lot of these squads. They're like, we're not going to try to tread water anymore. Let's just rethink our future and move on. Yeah, definitely. Um, moving on to the next trade, Toronto Raptors get themselves Thad Young, some other guy named Drew something pronounce that for me if you don't mind eubanks eubanks and the spurs are the ones who won the goron dragic sweepstakes and they got themselves a first round pick and uh i mean listen this the spurs are kind of pulling a thunder thing here because i think dragic is gonna get bought out eventually um and listen, the Raptors getting something for nothing because Dragic did not want to play in Toronto. I mean, I thought he was in Miami still. He probably was hanging out in Miami. Um, how do you feel about this trade? I think the Spurs did a good job being, you know, picking up that that first round pick, and the Raptors got players that are actually going to play. Yeah, that's how I feel about it too. I mean, the Spurs at this point are not trying to bring in players that are going to win them a championship. They they moved made some other moves that we're going to talk about in a second, but you know, they, I was a little surprised that Dragic and Thad Young got traded for each other because these were two guys that were going to be hot on the buyout market. Now Woe's reported that Dragic is still supposed to be there's, there's going to be talks uh, between him and the uh, Spurs this week to negotiate a buyout, which will make him the, the cream of the crop on the buyout market this year. We can talk about possible teams he can go to. There's basically every the the laundry list of contenders is, is all after him. And understandably, God, he looks so. nice on the Nets. Oh, he'd look great on the Nets. But he'd also look great in Milwaukee. He'd look great. I hope he doesn't. What I don't want is him on the Lakers. Like, no, the Lakers fucking suck. Do not waste your services there. Go somewhere else. That's <laughs> a shot to win. Uh, but the Raptors said they wanted that young and, and good for the Spurs to get something for him to get their first round draft pick this year. We'll see how the Raptors finish out right now. They're in the play in. This is this is a good move for both sides. But I was a little surprised to see these two names exchange for each other. Yeah, I was surprised, too. But I don't think Todd Young will get bought out. I think he's there to stay at least for the year. Me, too. Yep, totally. I think I think they look at a situation and say, well, now we traded this pick. We our, our best interest is just try to make the playoffs and see what we can do. And here's a player that can help us do that. All right, moving on to the next trade. The Suns got rid of Jalen Smith, who should never have been in this situation in the first place. But we've gone over that before. And a 2022 second round pick for Tory Craig. Um, Tory Craig was the player last year that got hurt in the finals. That would have got a ring either way, right? Because he was on the Suns as well as Milwaukee, um, from what I remember. Um, and now he's back on the Suns. I like him. Good defensive player. Um, and, and they got rid of the asset that they apparently didn't want to pay, and that is Jalen Smith. Yeah, Torrey Craig, nice player. You bring him back. Good for you. You know, it's there's not much that this Suns team needed Listen, to do. Listen, the more important so. trade to me it's, was yeah, Aaron Jalen. Oh, yeah. And getting rid of Jalen Smith, which is silly, but again, they got something for him as opposed to just letting him walk. Aaron Holiday, to me, being a guard off the bench that can get a bucket and always makes the right play and is very good defensively is much more important. And that's exactly what I asked for when we were doing our trade deadline predictions and or what we think teams should do. 
No, you called that. You, you definitely called that. Um, now the Pacers get to get to bring in Jalen Smith and, and see what he's made of, especially while Turner's out. Um, so good, good on them. And, I like this and Anytime deal. you get another second round pick for a team that's going to be bad and needs as many assets as they can get. Very good trade. And, and that sets up this next one, Tom, which is a four teamer. Very interesting deal. Bucks get Serge Ibaka, two future second-round picks. The Clippers bring in Rodney Hood and Semi Ojale. The Kings bring in Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, Trey Lyles, two seconds. And the Pistons get the reclamation project task of Marvin Bagley III. What are your highlights from this pretty crazy trade? The Bucks, uh, I like them getting Serge Ibaka. Um, we'll see how he is. He looked pretty good playing for them in the last couple games. I think he's Bobby Portis Insurance. Uh, the Clippers just offloading a little bit there, um, picking up, I guess, Semi Ojale is a player that they can keep for the future. Uh, the Kings clearly wanted the asset of Dante DiVincenzo. Josh Jackson, I mean, former, what, number three pick? Yeah. Um. I don't know, team number, I, I think he's got a lot of mental health issues. I, I'm not sure, but I believe that was the issue in a lot of the teams he played for. Um, we'll, I'll be interested to see what DiVincenzo does. He is not um, Tyrese Halliburton, but he's a guard that I've wanted to see get a little more run. So I'll be interested to see that. And then Pistons, why not? Why the hell not? Yeah, my thoughts exactly. It, this is a team that sucks. So bring in a good young player that fell out of favor somewhere else. See what you can get out of him. We see this happen all the time. Uh, good call on DiVincenzo, by the way. If you don't recall that botched trade that didn't go through between the Kings and Bucks that would have brought Bogdanovich to Milwaukee, uh, DiVincenzo was a major part of that yeah. trade. So, so the Kings obviously have wanted him for a while, and they get their guy. Um, I think it's an interesting trade. You know, Baca, I don't know how much he has left, but you said Bobby Porter's insurance. That's exactly what comes to mind. He's another body that you know you can trust in crunch time to play defense, block a shot, and knock down a mid-range jumper. I kind of compare him a lot to, like, Ola Marcus Aldridge, where he's he's automatic from his spots, uh, and he's a high basketball IQ guy. How much he has left in the tank, I don't know, but why not? Absolutely. Trade that I, I really like is Montrez Harrell going to the New Orleans Hornets because they needed a Charlotte big man Hornets. out there. Charlotte Hornets, excuse me. Jesus Christ, I'm doing terrible with my locations been, today. Whatever. It's quite all right. Um, I, I just I really like this deal because, uh, you know, you remember a few years back, him and him and Lou Will coming off the bench in, in Los Angeles, they were like, had such great efficiency numbers with the pick and roll and let's upgrade the guy he's doing the pick and roll with to an all-star in, in LaMelo ball. And, and listen, they have a you know, I mean, I know they have, um, what's his face? One of the Plumley brothers out there who can help you defensively, but this is a guy who can fill it up in Trez Harrell. Yeah. And he had been playing well for a while in Washington. They just have so many big guys that he was losing minutes and there had been, some locker room tension. I mean, obviously that team's a dumpster fire. We'll talk about that. I mean, Harold wears Harold wears out his welcome everywhere he goes pretty quickly. But by all accounts, his first year or two in a place, he he's he's always does really great. So I'm interested to see uh, how he performs. And they gave up basically nothing for him. Yeah, he's he's the kind of guy that. 
he wears out his welcome because he's so high energy all the time, and, and that can rub some players and some teammates the wrong way. But he plays with a lot of passion. That team's really athletic, really exciting, and I think he fits like a fucking glove on that team. Um, Celtics and Rockets made a deal. Celtics made a few deals, but uh, they bring back Daniel Theis. Dennis Schroeder and Enos Freedom get bought or get moved to Houston. I think they're going to keep Schroeder, but they already bought out Enos Freedom, formerly Cantor. Um, and then they make a trade with the Spurs. They get Derek White, who is available, and they trade off Josh or uh, Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, uh, this year's first, and a 2028 pick swap. So the Celtics wheeling and dealing, where they've won now eight in a row. They've decided to become buyers because um, they won a few games. I think they won like four or five in a row before the trades were made. Uh, Tice, whatever, I guess Brad Stevens really likes him. Uh, they wanted to get rid of Schroeder and Freedom. I mean, his his days in the league are numbered. Um, and they wanted to get rid of a guard, and I guess it wasn't Marcus Smart. Too clear room for Derek White, who I think is a great player and might actually be their best playmaker now. I mean... Smart seems to have taken on that role, but we know that he's not going to be able to do that forever because he's going to get itchy and want to shoot because he thinks he's the best player on the court. I think White's going to be able to be great defensively and get their two best players the ball where they want it. Um, and, and I think this was a really good trade. And, and it's interesting to see. The Celtics, I mean, I don't know. Do you see them? in? I don't know if I see them in the Eastern Conference Finals, but they could definitely make a second round. You know, that team now is a lot more fun to watch. And I was talking with a buddy of mine down here who is a diehard Celtic fan. And he, he said he just – he's from Connecticut. Um, fair, fair. Yeah, of course it's fair. And the Celtics are kind of one of those teams where it's like – I don't give a fuck. If yeah. you're not from New All right, England, we you know, know how, how I feel. you feel. Yes, and, and it's it's ridiculous the way that you feel that way. But it is what it is. Um and he, 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 and by the way, all his allegiances, if you must know, are Boston teams. So there's no flip Where is he from in Connecticut? Uh, Richfield. Okay. He should be, he should be a New York guy, but I'll, I'll let it slide because he's technically from New England. All right. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll let him know that you, that he has your endorsement. Um, but he, he loved the trade because he said, you know, up till this little bit of a stretch, like they just haven't been a fun team to watch, which, you and I have talked about. Like, I mean, I yeah, it's just ISO players that aren't fun. You don't have a real point guard. You know, that Kyrie year was not fun at all, even though he was amazing. You didn't get what you thought you were going to get out of Kemba. And then obviously you're just trying to make pieces work. They're finally playing good team basketball. Marcus Smart's had one of his best stretches in his career. And Josh uh, Richardson, who'd actually been playing well for them, he helps you go get Derek White who the Spurs loved and we're not going to just give away. I love, love this trade for Boston. Absolutely. And they got him locked up for two or three more years. So this, this was a big time deal for um, Brad Stevens and this team. Final deal. I, I can't believe you put this one last, but I guess you saved the weirdest for last. I, I actually went in order of the trades that, um, that occurred like sequentially mm. and I had to take out obviously the Harden and and Simmons trade. So um, this was this trade that we're about to talk about literally went right after three, three o'clock Eastern, right at the buzzer. Um, there you go. The Mavericks acquire Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans for 
from the Washington Wizards for Kristaps Porzingis, the zinger, and a 2022 second-round pick. So I guess that experiment is over. And can we say that the Knicks won that trade? Or did just no one win that trade? You know how I feel about it. The intention was cap space that you freed up and and bombed the second half of that season to get players that ultimately chose not to come play for you. But Dallas obviously made this trade for aspirations of pairing him with Luka and being a force in the West for years, and that didn't work out. So I, I think it's a lose-lose for both Agreed. teams, which is amazing when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's been a lot of lose-loses for the next. Lose-lose-lose-lose and lose. Um <laughs> I mean, Dinwiddie, I just scratch my head because this is a guy that just, like, is a consummate, like, I my numbers are going to look good, but I need the ball kind of guy. And you saw that as the Nets got better. Um, Bertans, I like as a guy that you can try and reclaim as a shooter from back in his uh, earlier years, I think, in San Antonio. Um, and then for Porzingis... I don't really know. I don't know if this was an attempt to to keep Beal there. I don't know if Porzingis is going to do that. It'll be a fun pick and roll. He's been playing better this year than he seems to have ever played in Dallas. Um, how do you feel about it? Well, my initial reaction was, oh, my God, Porzingis' value is that low now, yeah. which is crazy because the Wizards had been actively shopping damn near just like – they were hell-bent on trading Dinwiddie. That experiment didn't work at all. They were, he was not getting along with players in the locker room. He tried to be a, a, a leader, and nobody liked that. And so they had to move him, basically. So he's a distressed asset. And Davis Bertans, I mean, my God, does he suck. Because at least you could say, well, he plays no defense and doesn't do anything else, but at least he hits threes. Well, he's not doing that this no. year. So it's like – between his injuries and his lack of production, like that's a those are two players that really shouldn't fetch you anything. They fetch you Kristaps Porzingis. So, like, I guess Dallas was willing to trade him, but the fact that this was all they could get, it was distressed asset for distressed asset. I mean, man, I can't believe he's fallen that far. And and I think he's I think the days of him being anything other than a name in the NBA are, are completely over because he's going to go to Washington and it's good that we know what that place is. It's a wasteland. Um, that team's going to suck and he's, he's not going to either a be healthy enough to make them good or he's just not as good of a player as he was. And we're going on like four or five years ago when he was actually making an impact on teams. I'm going to give you a prediction. I think the Lakers are going to go get him for nothing in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. That's I think not a the bad Lakers prediction. are going to go get him for nothing and say, "AD, go play the power forward." We got Chris Saps, although Chris Saps is never going to play. But hey, AD hardly plays, so that works. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. And then another trade that I think might happen is Rudy Gobert for DeAndre. Oh my God! It better be after a championship. You heard it here first, baby. They don't want to pay Aiton. Gobert's already locked up. You're going to have to finagle a way to get under the cap and the luxury tax. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it's Robert Sarver, so he we know he can do that. If there's anything he can do, it's, not pay it's get under the cap and, and <laughs> not pay players. So Absolutely. They better win a fucking chip because this will be a very sad – this will be a very sad 
few years in the, you know, few year era in the NBA, if this Phoenix team doesn't win, doesn't have a chance to keep contending for championships. Oh, like it's the first time that it's been sad that Phoenix didn't win a championship. Do you remember 2003 through yeah, but seven? Like, uh, again, I'm, I'm, this is a different point in time. Like we know in history that that was dreadful. And I think the referees in, in that San Antonio series had a lot to do with it, but can we please just get more good owners in here? There's no reason this fucking clown could, should be owning this team. This is a team that should be contending for championships as long as he Chris should Paul's own a major healthy. league baseball team. There you go. <laughs> um, all right. They fit right in. Anything else about the trade deadline? I mean, I think it's interesting teams that didn't make a deal being the Lakers. And well, I think we have to Knicks. talk about, I think we have to talk about the Knicks. I, I, I didn't truly before you I want you to really like give me your thoughts because the Lakers I didn't think had a lot of trades to make. There were some incremental ones. Like you could trade Bazemore, DeAndre Jordan or something, but like do you really what the hell are you actually getting Unless back? Unless you can get rid of Westbrook, which it seems like there was there literally zero takers. No, aside and, I, from and I you know what Houston and I don't think I they want to make that deal. I give Houston credit. I mean John Wall might not be playing, but John Wall they don't have to worry about him. If you bring in Westbrook, you have to play him. And he's already done that. They know better than anybody. Yeah, and and why would you bring him in to that team unless the Lakers are helping you and giving you 2028s first? I did think it was a little weird that that was where the Lakers drew their line because they've been giving away everything to still win now. But I didn't think they had any real moves to make. I thought the Knicks did. I, I I can't believe that there was nothing done there, Tom. A lot of... Something weird is going on with this team. Um, the front office clearly isn't in agreement with the coaching staff, and I think they're butting heads. Again, I've wanted, no offense, Tibbs, I, I've wanted to move on from him for a while. I want to bring in your former boy, Kenny Atkinson, to try and develop these players. Um, as we're seeing DNPs for Cam Reddish, who you just traded for. But, I mean, I think you need to take the decisions out of his hands and move on from Fournier. I don't care what you get, a second-round pick for him, a bag of basketballs, and, and move on from – I like Burks, but move on from him and, and a few other players. Julius Randle, you weren't going to move. They're literally, by every single credible person in the league, his trade value was diddly squat. So that's fine. But the other guys that you could have got something for, for nothing, you trade them and you take the decision out of Tibbs' hands so that he plays these young guys because clearly this team's going nowhere. That's how I felt. No, I felt the same way. I'm like, well, you know, the big trade's not there. Randall will be here, but you can't move Fournier. You can't move Kemba. You can't move Burks. You can't move any of these guys. And, and shit, man, maybe they will look back on this at, when we hear about some of the possible trades and be like, wow, the Knicks were going to get fleeced. Like, good good job by them holding on to guys. But Or maybe, you know, they had to attach a Quentin Grimes or a Emmanuel Quickly in some of these trades. If that was the case, okay, good job. Like, sometimes it's better to do nothing than do something and have that one thing be dumb. But overall i don't know this team feels like it's just gonna be a mediocre basketball team unless something drastic changes yeah i completely agree i mean listen the contracts aren't um completely brutal terrible but you got to move on from these guys not even because of the money because like you said they're not getting free agents anyways they got to spend money somewhere just to so these guys that are actually have a chance to be on this team for long term or you can decide that they're not 
they need to play so you can make that decision. Yeah, and what you need now that the trade deadline has passed is you can rally around some guys and you can say, listen, we clearly didn't trade you. We believe this team's good enough to, to contest, whatever. Say whatever the fuck you need to say. But there might be a sigh of relief for these guys who have been in trade rumors for the last month as they've been losing games. And you can say, all right, this is the team we're rolling with. Let's do what we can. And they need Julius Randle to play. And uh, you go back to what something close to last year. He actually has been playing better lately because that is a guy that if your dream scenario comes up where they're on Mitchell watch or they're on Dame watch or who's the other one? Beal. So Yeah, we need to show something, right? Yeah, you need you, you need to trade somebody and Randall's contract is gonna help do that. So let, let him play well, take the pressure off him, say, fuck it, let's go. Keep developing the young guys and let what this turn at the end of this year, before you bring in any great players, this needs to be RJ Barrett's team, not Julius Randall's team by the end of the season. Agreed. But my only thing to say to you is you say keep developing the young guys. How can we do that when Tibbs doesn't even play them? Well, there needs to be there, a ne- there needs to be a, basically, I was going to say an enforcement, but a mandate too, whatever, however you want to phrase it. Is Mandate's a big from word. From the front lately, office huh? to come right down, it sure as hell is. It's used more than I've ever heard it used in my life in the last year or two. But go down to the coaches office and say, listen, we like you as a coach. We think that these young players are going to turn into really good players with you as their head coach, but you have to allow them to make mistakes, and this is the precedent. If that's not the kind of team you want to coach, we're going to move in a different direction for the rest of the year because we're not going to be a championship team. Now, are they going to do that? I highly doubt it, but that's what needs to happen. <laughs> Preaching of the choir, my friend. It's disheartening, man. I mean, you lost to the fucking Thunder tonight. Oh, I know, I know. They were leading at halftime, but I said, uh, you never know. No, it's it's bad. It, it's a bad situation to be in. Um, but yeah, man. So we got the we got the All Star break coming up this week. Always fun. Uh, Harden's not playing in it, so Jared Allen got the last spot in the East. So good for him. Well deserved. Uh, are you going to be taking in any of the NBA festivities this weekend? Sure, I'll watch it. Uh, I'll keep. It's more of a keep track on my phone kind of thing. Sure. You know, I'll I'll pop in for the three point and the dunk contest. Although the dunk contest is suck, save the dunk contest. Um, Toppin's doing it again this year. Yeah, sick. He's an in game kind of guy. He's not a he's not an out of game dunker. Yeah. Um, you know his best his best dunk is probably between the legs, and he does that in game. So, what do we care? Um, sure, I'll take <laughs> it in. Uh, I'm more concerned with golf and and just enjoying myself. Speaking of golf, waste management this weekend. People were throwing beers all over during party of all parties, months. baby. I was fucking loving it, man. It was fun. I love Fire this. Golf. Shout out! Finally, these guys are actually hashtag growing the game. It was a lot of fun. Harry Higgs, and um, and what's his face? I can't think of it right now. I got his face in my head. Taking their shirts off on uh, <laughs> on the green after sinking a par putt. That was a lot of fun. I mean, two hole in ones on sixteen. Joel Damon, I'm sorry, there he is. It's fucking cool. This is what 
needs to grow. And, and anybody, I, I was listening to a lot about it today, along with the Super Bowl, because there's only so much Super Bowl talk I can get. So we're talking about one game here. We're not talking about four games this weekend. And I was listening to a lot about the waste management, and I was like, dude. This is for anybody that questions whether this is good for golf or not. I'm like, first of all, this is great for golf because it's a party is all it, it, like you said, it's a party and all parties next year, by the way, the Super Bowl's in Arizona the same weekend as as this tournament. So that's going to be we good. might have to go. We might have to go. Let's let's take a business trip. Um, this play. This is such a crazy tournament that for security concerns, the waste management people won't even announce how many people go to this tournament. I think there was like 30,000 or something. They won't give the official number because they don't want, like, God forbid, like right. an attack or something. No, I, I understand that. But from, I think uh, I was listening to a podcast, and Steve Sands of the Golf Channel was on it, and he was saying there was probably like 30,000 people there. But, um, you know, you don't have to worry about this shit going to Augusta. You know, like, this isn't going to happen. This behavior is not happening. At, uh, 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 at the Masters weekend or, or tournaments like that. I mean, definitely Ryder Cup, probably. But oh yeah, that's the was, second. It was party. cool as a casual fan. I'm like, you know what? This the fact that the that the tour has this event where it is literally designed for this. I I, I think that's so fucking cool. Unlike baseball, that just you know is what it is at this point. No, and and they're doing a lot of things to to try and get more people to watch, and it's been a lot of fun this year. And I mean, I I did our right gambling, um, so I, it was it was a lot of fun to watch. Good golf played. Um, I got to watch a couple more tournaments before I start giving out Masters favorites. Um, my boy Brooksy was right in it with the blonde hair. Um, I think he finished third, second or third. Um, and and it got it came down to a playoff, so we got a little free golf as well. And one of my other guys, although he's not in my foursome, he's right outside. Scotty Scheffler gets the W. That's cool. That's cool. You got you got a nice list of of golfers that you're. But that again, man, that's the game. That's and I don't like Patrick at. Cantlay either. I mean, I know he's ice cold out there, but I, I something something about him. I think he's got some skeletons in the closet. I'm not reporting it. That's a strong I don't want to get take. aggregated, but that's just that's how I feel. That's a strong take by you. Well, listen, man, if he does, I mean, it might manifest in his putting because what we saw at uh, at the caves last year was was something else. Yeah, no doubt about it. You got anything good going on this week? Yeah, bro, I'm actually heading down to Florida for a few days this weekend uh, to visit wow. the fam. So nice. I'm gonna head you down Thursday, and you know what? I might actually give it a shot. Stay hey, tuned. There you go. Your dad plays golf, right? The old man will definitely play probably. Let's see. I'm down there four days. If I'm there, he might take a break to do something else. So he'll play twice. Um, so get out there with him. So I might. Yeah. I was actually thinking about that. I was thinking no, don't about, think it. I about don't, it. What else are I you going to do? I will think about it. Just do it? I don't know. Or not? I don't know. I, I bet I, you your old man plays early in the morning. Because it gets hot down there, no matter the time of year. Just wake your ass up. You're good at waking up early. Play the 18, and and if you hate it, don't never do it again. Well, that won't happen because uh, I was talking to my brother, and I was like, "What do you want to do for like 
bachelor, oh, bachelor party weekend. And he's like, listen, I don't give a fuck about any of the degenerate stuff. I've, my brother's lived a degenerate life to this point. Uh, uh, so he, he's Hearing like, listen, I want to get, pot. I want to, oh, he's fine with it. He knows. Um, He's like, I want to do a boys trip, but I want to get out on the links and play a couple rounds of golf and crush beers. I'm like, you know what? I guess I'm going to have to throw on a pair of khakis and do that. So uh, obviously, if you come down, that's that's a prerequisite. So there might be some golf in Sean's future. But other than that, Sean needs to get himself a set of sticks, but it starts with trying it out first. Starts with trying it out first. Uh, But yeah, man. So I'm looking forward to getting down there. I got President's Day off, so I'm only taking Friday off from work. Nice. Uh, Coming back and just doing a nice little tour. Uh, You know, I've seen the fam once in the last 15, 14 months. So it'll be good. There you go. What about you? What do you got going on? Uh, not much this weekend. I'd like to get out and see the uh, secretary. I haven't seen him in, in a, him and his wife and lovely wife in a couple <laughs> since before Christmas because I have their Christmas gifts sitting here. Um, I've just been busy and wow. then, uh, I only have I only had the work car for a while. The other car was in the shop, but now everything's all sorted out. I, I have free roam so and I have a couple of free days coming up. so I'd like to get down I'd like to get up. And see them and actually give them their Christmas gifts. So, will you bring soy? No, they have a lot of animals, and I don't know how soy would react to it. Um, and I feel bad just keeping him in the cat carrier the whole time, although he loves it. Um, so no, I so I just got a new harness. Uh, this one feels a lot safer, so we'll, we'll be Christ. out and about. And he got a nice new collar with a bow tie on it. He's For not happy fuck about sakes. it. Um, but no, I, w- I won't bring soy. I Are you loving cat dad life? It's all right. I would love a dog, but I don't. I don't want to do that to the dog. Just I want to live my life, and Michaela wants to live hers. So I, you know, when we get a little bit older, we'll get a dog. Um, but yeah, now, I is do this enjoy. Cat it. social? Does it like people or it loves is people. it just constantly right, wants good. to be around people? If we put him in the room and there's other people out in the kitchen, if we put him in the living room, he's banging on the door trying to get out the whole time. He. Always wants to be around people. That's good. He's a little shit. Well, you know, most cats are. I got Mikhail flowers, and he's just been obsessed with them. Yeah, those won't last long. As long as they're within his reach. No. Which everything is. They're going on on top of the fridge. And then, you know, (laughs) I'll cook him. I'll cook him. I cooked him a nice plate of chicken, and he won't eat that. But I watched him eat a spider today, so. Well, you know. Taste is subjective. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else going on? No new shows for you. I'm just going to go out and guess. You'd be correct. Um, but yeah, man, no, everything else is good. Um, you know, going with the flow and, and uh, works fine. And like I said, looking forward to a nice little getaway. And uh, stay tuned for if I pick up a set of clubs or not. You better, man. Don't disappoint me on this one. The shows are one thing. Just don't disappoint me. <laughs> you can wake up at 6 a.m. for a 7 a.m. tea time once, and it's nice out. Just go enjoy nature. It's just think of it as a ride. I'm sure your dad's probably not a walker at those courses, so just think of it as a nice ride. There you go. That's a nice way to put it. I have no problem getting up. You're right. It's the, uh, man, do I want to spend the next few hours doing this, but we'll give it a shot. We'll we'll. I'm going to assume that your dad would, and if your dad listens to the pod, he definitely should because it's your first round. He should treat you to the round. So if you're not spending any money, then. Yeah, well, that's the thing. If I'm I'm getting a comp for me, then then there's a very 
the, the chances. The number of excuses are getting slimmer up. and slimmer. Correct. Yeah, because then it would just be a matter of me being stubborn and like, no, I fucked this. I don't want to do it. But exactly. Stay tuned, my friend. Stay tuned. All right, man. Well, that about wraps it up. Uh, happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there that wants to hear a happy Valentine's to Day. Any, to, to anyone. To anyone. Not to everyone, but to anyone. And Sean, right. safe flight and have fun. Thanks, pal. Enjoy the rest of your week. Yes.